Yesterday, Pope Francis launched the Laudato Sea Action Platform. We will discuss Pope Francis's Laudato Sea encyclical and the true agenda behind it. And if we have time, I'll provide you an update on the Israeli-Palestinian peace deal on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. The Bible prophecies foretell the establishment of a global religious system in the end time. And according to scripture, the leader of that most deceitful organization is going to have two objectives. Now, we're going to live through this, folks. So I want you to really listen closely. One of his objectives will be to unite the world's religions under one belief of tolerance. Come one, come all. Number two, he's going to use his uh, really a pious position to influence all adherents to align with and pledge allegiance to the prophesied end time world government. The Bible's very clear on this on Revelation chapter 13. His goal will be to get the religions of the world on board with the world government. We are watching this happening right now. Before I get done with this program, you'll understand how. Recent events have confirmed what we who really understand and systematically analyze Bible prophecy have known for years. This war religion is in the latter stages of its formation and the world's most recognized religious leader is beseeching the world to commit and adhere to the global governing efforts of the United Nations under the Sustainable Development Goals, which is the seat of world government on the earth today, the United Nations. So, what's happening? Well, Pope Francis yesterday launched the Laudato Sea Action Platform. Now, Laudato Sea was an encyclical that he wrote back in 2015 to not just bishops and archbishops and cardinals, but it was to every person on the planet. A very unique situation. And he had an agenda behind that. And I want to go, to, go over a few excerpts of the, the speech where he launched the Laudato Sea action platform, and then we will get into the agenda of the Laudato Sea encyclical. It's very eye-opening, and I wrote an article on this back in 2015 when it occurred, the Pope's true agenda, and you know that many of you were going through this Reclaim America um, endeavor right now to sign up all of our congressmen, senators, and different people, the House representatives and the governors, to the End Time magazine. And many of you have helped us with that. I think we've only got like six or $7,000 left, and we've signed up everybody. 
But as a result of this, we sent the magazine that I wrote, one of the articles that I wrote on this to all of them. And Senator James Inhofe, the guy who threw the snowball on the Senate floor, he sent me a signed copy of his book. Well, I got this huge Senate envelope, official Senate business in the mail. And I thought, oh, man, I said something wrong on the radio. I'm going to have to go testify before a Senate hearing committee or something like that. And I really don't have time to do that. But I opened it up and it was a signed copy of his book. And he was talking about this article on this topic that we're talking about today. And he said, Dave, to my good friend, Dave Robbins, he said, uh, thanks to people like you and me carrying on this fight, we are going to win your friend, Senator James Inhofe. Well, it was a all that happened as a result of what I'm going to talk to you about today, an article that I wrote exposing all of this. Now it's going further. They're not letting Laudato C. die in the efforts and the, and the, the call and the agenda behind that. They're going to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And it goes right along with the prophecy that I just talked to you about, about the leader of the world religion influencing the religions of the world to adhere to and pledge allegiance to the world governing system. So some of the excerpts from Pope Francis's speech launching the Laudato Si action platform. He said, and I'm quoting today, I am pleased to announce that Laudato Si year, uh, the, the Laudato Si year this last year will result in a concrete action project, the Laudato Si action platform, a seven year journey that will see our communities committed to in different ways, becoming totally sustainable in the spirit of integral ecology. He goes on to say, I would therefore invite everyone to embark on this journey. And in particular, I address these seven environments, which would be, and this is who he's addressing the whole thing to. He's asking families and parishes and dioceses, schools and universities, hospitals, businesses and farms, organizations, groups, movements, and religious institutes to work together. And only in this way, he said, will we be able to create the future we want, a more inclusive, fraternal, peaceful, and sustainable world. Now, that is the goal. Sustainability. And I'm going to get into the sustainable development goals here in just a moment. But he goes on to say one more paragraph. He said, on a journey that will last for seven years, we, let, we will let ourselves be guided by the seven aims of Laudato Si, which basically called for a world government. And I'm going to prove, for, prove that to you here before the end of the program. And he says, which will show us the direction while we pursue the vision of integral ecology, the response of the cry of the earth, the response of the, to the cry of the poor, the ecological economy, the adoption of a simple way of life, ecological education, get this right here, ecological spirituality and community engagement. So we're talking about Laudato C and the call for a world government. So let's talk about Laudato C, this encyclical that Pope Francis penned back in 2015. We are approaching the sixth anniversary, um, June of 2015 to June of 2021, 
of Pope Francis's encyclical Laudato Si, or it was called Laudato Si on the care for our common home. And it's, it's, a, it's a papal call for a global action to protect creation. And over the last six years, people have become really mesmerized by the Pope's um, doomsday climate warnings. And they've resulted in global efforts by many people, politicians, scientists, academics, and representatives of large number of social movements to address the supposed climate crisis, ignoring the true objective of the encyclical. encyclical. So when we get back from the break, we'll get deep off into the encyclical and you'll understand what I mean when I say it's a call for world government. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume one, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of revelation don't miss this special offer call now 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com to order call or go online now to get this comprehensive bible study we've seen bible prophecy fulfilled like never before From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith. In the hearts of Christians around the world, we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. You know, everybody, mo- most everybody focuses on the people that are, that are um, proponents of this. They focus on the climate crisis part of the encyclical. But they ignore the true objective of the encyclical which was an appeal for a world government. All this crisis he lays out. And then he says, hey, we need a world government as the solution. It's exactly what the Bible said would happen 2,000 years ago. And it's very eye-opening once you understand this. Now, I, I would say this. Let me just interject something here. And, and um, if, if these types of revelations have helped you, or are helping you in your worldview and things that are going on, I would ask you to consider to partner with End Time Ministries. And because, I mean, even $25, $50, $100 a month, $75 a month, whatever, 
This helps us get our get this message out. And we want to continue to be able to do that. And it's a listener-supported effort. And so I would just ask you, if you have found these things that have helped you in your worldview and preparing you for the end time and spiritually, we've got, we've got many faithful partners, and I thank you so much. But we've got so many new listeners all the time and people that have signed on to our End of the Age Plus and all these different things. I would ask that you would consider supporting End Time Ministries. Be a partner of ours. Join with us in this effort to reach the world with this message because people need to know what's going on. There's just some do's and don'ts in the end times. And that's what we want you to know about and how to prepare spiritually for eternity. It's what End Time Ministries is all about. So consider partnering with End Time Ministries. Go to endtime.com slash donate or call 1-800-END-TIME. 1-800-363-8463 to join us in this effort. Many of you can't have the platform that God has given us. And that's why so many have partnered with us to help us get this message out. And it's a joint effort. And so thank you so much for partnering with us. And uh, let's get this message of the gospel preached to the entire world because the end is now. So, Many people have focused on the, um, on the crisis, but they've ignored the, the objective of the encyclical, and that was the appeal of world government. So is Laudato Si relevant today? That's the question. We're six years removed from that. Well, absolutely it is. The Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, are the United Nations blueprint for global governance. The Sustainable Development Goal Academy, the SDG Academy, is the online education platform of the Sustainable Development Solutions Network. And it is a, it's a global initiative for the United Nations. And Pope Francis's encyclical was so influential in getting the Sustainable Development Goals adopted that this SDSN currently has one course this um, academy solely devoted to guiding students through the basic structure of the Laudato Si message. And it it diagnoses of uh, an ecological crisis and an overview of its theological and philosophical underpinnings and the evaluation of the human behavior at its roots, the need for institutional solutions, a world government, and the call for personal action. What's the name of the course? Of course, Laudato Si on the care for our common home. So because this encyclical reveals the true intentions of Pope Francis, his ongoing climate crisis propaganda and his global uh, agenda, a, a call for global governance, I wanted to go through some of these things today. I want to go through the encyclical because this... It's, it's creeping up on a lot of people and they don't even have a clue what's going on. You just hear about, hey, uh, human-induced global warming, which is leading to climate change. And, um, you know, we need to move away from the oil and gas industry because of it. And you sit there and think, well, okay, the earth's going to burn up if we don't do something about this. So let's go to all electricity, uh, to um, wind farms and solar 
panels and all this stuff and move off of oil and gas because we're causing the problem, right? Folks, that's all propaganda put out by the United Nations. You understand? So let's, let's talk about the encyclical. Let's get off into that. So they have to have fear. I mean, fear is an emotion caused by the threat of danger. And for thousands of years, fear has been used by uh, pharaohs, kings, uh, monarchs, emperors, caliphates, presidents, politicians, and even religious leaders to enslave the populace, get them in fear mode. Over time, this process has been refined, of course, but the objective has never changed. It's all about control. If I can get you in fear mode and get you scared enough of what's going on, in the name of security or in the name of um, protection, you'll do whatever I tell you, right? If I can say, hey, I have this, the, the solution here to your fear problem, most people would say, okay, help me out. Well, that's what's going on. In today's society, the concept is simple, but it's been extremely successful. Promote a crisis, real or imagined, it doesn't matter, which creates fear among the people. And once that is established, then you declare that, hey, bigger government or the United Nations or world government oversight, gross taxation, more surveillance and increased regulation offer the only solutions. And if you've bought into the crisis, then you would think, okay, maybe I just need to do that because that's the solution. Bigger government, world government, more taxes. I mean, right? You get in fear mode and it's like, well, okay. Well, you see the goal all along is greater dependency on the government to the elites as the citizen's protector and provider, which leads to more control. The crisis is used by a, a president, a politician, or, or even a religious leader as a means to an end. I mean, we've got to consider, it, just because in the case of this, um, the Laudato Si encyclical, you've got to consider the global warming or climate change hoax that's being promulgated globally. You all hear about it all the time in the news. Global elites around the world are spreading the deception that mankind has caused the surface of the planet to increase in temperature due to greenhouse gases or carbon dioxide, which is what you exhale when you breathe out, right? Well, and that, these, that humans are emitting. You breathe in oxygen, breathe out carbon dioxide. It's been happening for thousands of years. But now... We're heating up the planet with it to the point where we're all going to burn up, right? That's simply not the case. It's propaganda, everybody. And they warn that, hey, if this continues unchecked, that the planet could experience rising sea levels, uh, increased rain and snowfall, more damaging wildfires, heat waves, health risks, droughts, hurricanes, declining freshwater supplies, and floods that will threaten our infrastructure agriculture, transportation and air quality. And oh yes, um, and, and spruce bark beetles are eating more trees than ever because of this, the emissions that you are giving off. I mean, that's the crisis that they're spinning. 
They even say when there's a polar vortex that comes through, the the polar the this all this uh, snow and ice and and zero temperatures that came through Texas this year. Many people blame that on human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. Global warming, folks, and it was zero or below in parts of Texas. We had pipes freezing everywhere. But it's because of global warming somehow. You understand. You see, you see the propaganda? So the, that's the crisis. But only this time, the agenda is not to achieve greater reliance on a national government. But in the encyclical, the global warming or climate change is considered a universal problem. And we all breathe the same air. We share the same water. We rely on the same dirt to produce our food. And therefore, the solution must be an international authority or a world government. That's right. The global warming crisis was created for one single purpose, to establish a world governing body that will control the lives of every single person on the planet. You say, well, is that that really the truth, Dave? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. I've got documentation for all. So all of this, the, to answer the question, I, I'm, I want to examine Pope Francis's, this encyclical that he wrote, Laudato Si, on the care for the common home. This was six years ago, but they're, they're promoting it right now. He just launched a seven year effort to promote this and to move off and to implement this. And I want you to understand he wants to implement it, but what's the true agenda behind it? World government. You'll hear in the news. I read this on, I think it was, I don't know, Christian Post or something. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. They're selling this as it's good for the planet, but I know the goal. And now you know the goal behind it, the agenda. It's world government. So I want to scrutinize the document on the radio today. Remember the age-old ruse, create a crisis to establish fear in the hearts of minds of of the populace, all the while trumpeting the pre-designed solution. And what they don't realize is the world government that they seek to establish was prophesied in the Bible to be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Folks, we are watching this happening as we speak. So let me talk to you really quick. I've done this many times, but you need to hear it again. The fictitious crisis of global warming. This, every time I hear this on the news, I don't know. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, used to say, I want to chew the carpet. Okay. Well, this makes me want to chew the carpet, everybody. Not really, but I'm just saying it's kind of like everybody wake up to this, please. So before we dissect Pope Francis's climate change encyclical, we have to understand the truth about the global warming and climate change hoax. And that's what it is. Donald, President Trump knew it was a hoax and they made fun of him for it. But I was sitting back thinking, this guy's got it. He understands. It's a hoax. It's propaganda. That's why he pulled us out of the Paris Climate Agreement, because he realized that was just a joke. It was a wealth redistribution scheme. 
And that's just it, folks. It's, it's simply not true. I mean, let me give you a, a few examples here, uh, some, some proof. World Net Daily, back in 2019, they, had their, they say that there were the purveyors of the belief that mankind is catastrophically impacting the global climate insist it's getting warmer year by year, right? But there was a new improved system of, um, to assess the surface temperatures established back in 2005 by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, uh, NOAA, the NOAA. And it indicates otherwise. In fact, the U.S. Climate Reference Network, comprised of 114 pristinely maintained temperature stations spaced relatively uniformly across the lower 48 states, it finds that there has been no warming for at least the past 15 years. And so all they did was put in new equipment and they found out, you know what? We're not warming like everybody says we are. In uh, 2007, Al Gore claimed the North Polar Ice Cap would be completely gone by 2014. What was that, seven years ago? However, reports show that the Earth's polar ice caps have not receded at all since the satellite's instruments began measuring the ice caps in 79. And... Another one, the the number of heat waves have diminished, not increased. That's according to John Coleman, who was the co-founder of the Weather Channel. Uh, The one I always like to bring up, Greenland. The the Norse Vikings arrived in Greenland around 9, what was it, 980 AD. They were able to farm the land at that point. Now, think about Greenland today. However, due to the rapidly cooling climate, they were forced to leave And by the mid-15th century, their settlements were abandoned because it was too much ice. I mean, currently, 80% of Greenland is covered in ice, which means that it was much warmer when the Vikings were here than it is today. Now, did the Vikings have coal-burning power plants? No. Did they drive large SUVs? No. Yet the global warming alarmists say that these are the cause of global warming and must be abolished. We need to move off the uh, oil and gas industry. But yet it was warmer back when the Vikings were here and they had none of that. They actually had it, but they had no clue what it was at that point. And then another one, according... uh, Well, let let me wait on the break here. I want to make sure you guys get this next one because... It's such a good one. And then I'll I'll get straight off into the encyclical. And, uh, but it's, it's really all a call for world government in the end. And you need to know that because there's huge agendas being pushed around the world by the United Nations. But if you don't know about it, it's just going to overtake us without a clue. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, 
easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Let me give you, because you hear it so much in the news, let me give you just a few more proofs on this human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change being such a hoax. And then I'll get off into the encyclical. According to the uh, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, their fourth assessment report, Climate Change 2007, they say, they state that since the start of the industrial era, which was about, what, 1750, the overall effect of human activities on climate change has been a warming influence. But ironically, they, they totally failed to mention the Little Ice Age, which lasted from around 1350 to 1900. They just conveniently left that out, right? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I mean, it gets crazy after a while. The, the, the same ICC report claims that it is likely that there has been significant anthropogenic or human-induced Warming over the last 50 years that averaged um, over each continent. Well, what about the cooling period here in the United States from 1940 to 1975, which prompted Newsweek, Time Magazine, and Fortune Magazines to publish articles reporting on the global cooling trend, not the warming. Look, look up some of the old articles. They were talking about ice ages in the 40s through the 70s. But they were trying to scare people to death with ice back then. Now it's burning up the planet. Because they, people realized this, they we're not going into an ice age. And they realize now the earth's not burning up either. Another one. Um, all this. Uh, and, and we haven't even touched on the fact that the CO2 emissions have increased dramatically since 1998. But the temperatures have experienced a slight decline. They're fluctuating which really eviscerates the theory that human carbon dioxide emissions cause global warming. I mean, there are just a, 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 these are just a few of the proofs that global warming is a non-crisis, everybody. And so with that said, it really leaves us with the question, if, if global warming is not destroying the planet, then why is Pope Francis spending so much time and effort in the encyclical Laudato Si, trying to stop it. Well, 
Let's get off into the encyclical, okay? You'll kind of understand. So we've got to establish a crisis, right? An encyclical is a letter from the Pope that is normally sent to, what, a particular set of Catholic bishops and things, uh, uh, something he wants done or a message to them. However, Pope Francis stated in this encyclical that faced as we are with the global environmental deterioration, he wanted to address every person living on the planet. And according to Pope Francis, human-induced global warming is, was, is causing this global environmental deterioration, which leads to climate change. Now, I'm going to quote a couple excerpts from the encyclical. He said, a very, and now remember what I just told you about all the global warming climate change hoax, propaganda by the United Nations. Now, this is the encyclical, just a few excerpts. He says, a very solid scientific consensus indicates that we are presently witnessing a disturbing warming of the climatic system. In recent decades, this warming has been accompanied by a constant rise in the sea level, and it would appear by an increase of extreme weather events, even if a scientifically determined cause cannot be assigned to each particular phenomenon. Humanity is called to recognize the need for changes of lifestyle, production, and consumption in order to combat this warming, or at least the human causes which produce and aggravate it. It is true that there are other factors such as volcanic activity, variations in the Earth's orbit and axis, the solar cycle. And yet a number of scientific studies indicate that most global warming is re- in recent decades is due to the great concentration of greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide, methane, nitrogen oxides and others released um, mainly as a result of human activity. So. This is the human's fault, right? It's your fault. It's my fault. He goes on to say, warming has effects on the carbon cycle. It creates a vicious cycle which aggravates the situation even more, affecting the availability of essential resources like drinking water, energy, agricultural production in in, in warmer regions, and leading to the extinction of part of the planet's biodiversity. The only thing is, everybody, is that you understand carbon dioxide is plant food. The more we put off, the better plants do. The more of the um, warming that there is, the better plants do. And the better plants do, the more oxygen they put off, which is what we breathe. But yet we want to do away with carbon dioxide? Plant food, everybody. Moving on. The melting, he says, in the polar ice caps and in high altitude plains can lead to the dangerous release of methane gas, while the decomposition of frozen organic material can further increase the emission of carbon dioxide. Things are made worse by this loss of tropical forest, which would otherwise help to mitigate climate change. Carbon dioxide pollution... Is carbon dioxide pollution? Let me see. (sighs) Pollution. Carbon dioxide. What I'm exhaling as I breathe. 
He says carbon dioxide pollution increases the acidification of the oceans and compromises the marine food chain. If present trends continue, the century may well witness extraordinary climate change and an unprecedented destruction of ecosystems with serious consequences for all of us. A rise in sea levels, for example, can create extremely serious situations. If we consider that a quarter of the world's population lives on the coast or nearby and that the majority of our megacities are situated in coastal areas, He says, climate change is a global problem with grave implications, environmental, social, economic, political, and for the distribution of goods. It represents one of the principal challenges facing humanity in our day. Now, that's the crisis, everybody. Now, to say that Pope Francis has bought into the environmental catastrophe, fear-mongering tactics of the global elite, that's an understatement. And if if just all you have to do is do your research Read the encyclical, read some of his speeches, you'll see what I'm saying is the truth. I don't know the man from Adam, I'm just saying he's bought into this. And I want to show you what the agenda is here. The encyclical proceeds to expound on, in great detail, the impact that the crisis will have on the earth and the inhabitants thereof. But I want to remind you that the global warming and climate change forecast being sold to us by the news media by uh, President Biden, I mean, the United Nations and, and Pope Francis, it's simply not happening, everybody. Now, you're not going to hear that on CNN and, and some of these others. They, that, that's not going to happen because they want to keep you in fear about all those things that they're intermingled. Nevertheless, internationalists view global warming and climate change as the perfect scheme Because every time a hurricane, flood, heat wave, polar vortex, or some other climate catastrophe occurs, it can be blamed on the unstable environment. And it's a perpetual crisis, which can be used to keep the citizens of the world in a constant state of fear. You remember back when uh, Rahm Emanuel said that, hey, you never want to waste a serious crisis. You don't want to let that go to waste. And he said, by what, what I mean by that is that's an opportunity to do things when people are all in fear mode that you don't think you could get done before. Well, so with this in mind, we have to ask, why the crisis? Well, after reading the encyclicals in, in its entirety, which was, I don't know, thousands, tens of thousands of words, the answer became crystal clear. And, and, that, and that is found in the proposed solution to this imaginary problem world government. They had the solution all the time, right? They just needed a crisis. And you realize, you understand they went from global warming because people realized the earth wasn't global warming, wasn't warming to climate change. They couldn't, once ever, but once all these predictions, let's say from Al Gore in his inconvenient truth movie didn't come to pass, not one of them, they realized, oh, we got to move off of global warming to climate change. And now I think there's some different words beside different terms besides that. But it all goes back to world government. The concept is that humans cannot or will not manage themselves. And therefore, they must be governed by a select group of, let's almost uh, say, quote unquote, more disciplined and better educated humans or globalist or internationalist. And that's what they think. 
And since the supposed global warming and climate change hoax is affecting the entire planet, as they say, then a global management system is mandatory to regulate every aspect of life for each and every person. In the encyclical, Pope Francis advocates in more ways than one just such a global system in order to save the planet from the disfigurement and destruction of creation. Number one, he, in the encyclical, he talks about sustainable development. What's the sustainable development goals? The socialistic blueprint of the United Nation to govern every person on the planet. All of this, um, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, which the Pope is involved with, all of that, the, the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset, all of that. You go to their websites and they all talk about, hey, we're all working together to implement the sustainable development goals. It all goes, the number, the, the uh, two numbering efforts in the world today, ID 2020 and the ID 40 by the World Bank. Go to their websites. Both of them are saying we, we are, these efforts are to implement the sustainable development goals. Folks, all of this stuff goes back to the sustainable development goals. That's the core of everything. And what are the sustainable development goals? The socialistic blueprint to govern every person on the planet. So it was not a surprise that in this encyclical by the Pope, he brings up, and of course, sustainable development. He says, and I quote, the urgent, the urgent challenge to protect our common home includes a concern to bring the whole humanity, the whole human family together to seek a sustainable and integral development. Well, the conference on the conference of the United Nations on Sustainable Development, Rio 20, Rio de Janeiro, back in 2012, and this is in the encyclical, everybody. He said that it issued a wide-ranging but ineffectual outcome document. International negotiations cannot make significant progress due to positions taken by countries which place their national interest above the common good. Now, here we go. The term sustainable development and or sustainable principles is referred to in the encyclical 21 times. And the ultimate outcome of the sustainability agenda is a massive transformation of social, political, technological, cultural, and behavioral processes that impact how mankind produces and consumes. So in other words, sustainability affects every aspect of life on the planet. And you can kind of see where I'm headed already, but I'm not done yet. We'll finish it when we get back. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Now, folks, I hope you understand that the, when, when, when you hear in the news green initiatives, all this green, the green new deal, all this green, green, green. Well, green initiatives attempt to modify human behavior to really reward us for how we eat, uh, work, travel, and play more sustainably. I mean, so sustainable development, that is really a catchphrase. Uh, it's used by activists and government agencies involved in the implementation of originally Agenda 21, now Agenda 2030, which according to the UN's own website is a comprehensive plan of action to be taken globally, nationally, and locally by organizations of the United Nations system, their governments and major groups in every area in which humans impact the environment. The ultimate goal of Agenda 21 originally and now Agenda 2030 is the control of the United Nations and the future one world government of all human settlements determining where, where you can live, what land should be used for, production, consumption, everything. And so sustainable development equals world government policies to control the citizens of the world. And conveniently, and that at, back in 2015, Pope Francis addressed the UN General Assembly in September as countries gathered in New York that year to agree on this new set of sustainable development goals to replace the Millennium Development Goals, which expired that year. He was one of the keynote speakers. Well, then he talks about in the encyclical, the Earth Charter. He says that, hey, the Earth Charter asked us to leave behind a period of self-destruction and make a new start. But we have not, at, we, we've not yet as developed a, a universal awareness uh, that's needed to achieve this. So here he says, I would like to echo that courageous challenge as never before in history common destiny beckons us to seek a new beginning well it's not surprisingly pope francis makes an explicit reference to the earth charter which was envisioned by its founders as a global governing 10 commandments if you will managing the production and consumption of all humans and in many ways the encyclical mirrors the principles of that earth charter calling for the protection of Earth's ecological system while advocating social and economic justice. Both of these happen to be socialistic doctrines, you understand. And this is important for us to know since the Bible prophesies the future one world government will be a socialistic entity. Remember the red beast the woman sat on in Revelation 17.3? The red symbolic of the um, red beast in the red horse in Revelation chapter 6. 
It's communism, socialism. Well, so you have to ask, who could possibly manage the production and consumption of every human along with the water, the soil, the forest, all marine life on earth, ensure universal health care, and much more? Well, of course, in the eyes of a globalist, that's the United Nations. I mean, the United Nations was designed to ultimately become a one world government all the way back when it was created in 1945. The Earth Charter is itself states that in order to build a sustainable global community, the nations of the world must renew their commitment to the United Nations, fulfill their obligations under existing international agreements, and support the implementation of Earth Charter principles with an international legally binding instrument on the environment and development. Now, Pope Francis mentioned the Earth Charter in his encyclical. And of course, it sounds like a call for a global governing entity, doesn't it? I mean, it is a total reliance on the United Nations as as that world managing system, the new beginning that Pope Francis is referring to. And then another thing, he actually stated in the encyclical that there's a need for enforceable international agreements. He said this, and I'm quoting, this, notwithstanding recent world summits on the environment, have not lived up to expectations because, due to the lack of political will, they were unable to reach truly meaningful and effective global agreements on the environment. He says enforceable international agreements are urgently needed since local authorities are not able, uh, they're not always capable of effective intervention. And what is needed, in effect, is an agreement on systems of governance for the whole range of so called the global commons. Now, since the Earth Summit was held in 92, there have been many attempts at illegally binding global treaties to reduce the supposed um, human effects on climate change. However, after all of these endeavors, nations have still not reduced their carbon emissions to the agreed upon levels and have continued to kick the proverbial can down the road to the next conference. However, the, the Paris Climate Agreement was one of them. However, or you've heard, you know, the, um, the, all of these COP, like COP19, COP21, those are all climate agreement conferences. However, I need to remind you that politicians are not above enlisting the help of a religious leader to accomplish their goals. And therefore, it's not a coincidence that Pope Francis in June of 2015, this was back when the encyclical was written, He published that encyclical devoted to climate change and his proposed solution, which was a world government. In July of that year, 2015, at the Vatican, he hosted 60 mayors from around the world to keep pressure on world leaders ahead of the UN climate negotiations and uh, in Paris later that year by signing the document Modern Slavery and Climate Change. And the document states, human-induced climate change is a scientific reality. And its effective control is a moral imperative for humanity. 
So the Pope was pretty busy that year, wasn't he? But we were leading up to the signing of the, the Sustainable Development Goals and the Paris Climate Agreement in December of that year. Well, in September of 2015, he wrote the encyclical in June. In September, he spoke at the United Nations General Assembly, Assembly and according to the International Institute for Sustainable Development, in February of that year, the United Nations General Assembly President Sam Katisa proposed adjusting the beginning of the summit to 11 a.m. on September 25th of that year to allow for an address by Pope Francis at 9 a.m. He wanted him to speak before everybody was to go in and vote to, to be uh, or to commit to be part of the Sustainable Development Goals. He wanted the Pope to, to speak that morning. And this is the same meeting where the United Nations was scheduled to agree to a new set of Sustainable Development Goals, which they did, by the way. And with those commitments on greenhouse gas emissions, um, they were to expire in 2020. There was a legal binding treaty on climate change um, at the Paris UN Climate Change Conference. That Again, that was uh, COP21. That was uh, November 30th through December 11th of 2015, and, which was of utmost importance, the Paris Climate Agreement. You understand what happened to that? President Trump pulled us out of that. And hopes were high with the world's top three carbon emitters already committed to reduce emission levels. The EU was going to cut off their emissions by 40% compared to 90s levels. By 2030, the U.S. was going to cut off 26% um, by 26% to 28% compared with the 2000 levels by 2025. And you understand all these presidents now, uh, President Biden's talking about uh, just in the very near future, uh, maybe a decade or so away. And so China will agree, uh, they were supposed to agree to those emissions that they would peak by 2030. Of course, China, I don't think they're doing anything to stop their emissions. So it's no wonder that Pope Francis was burning the midnight oil that year in 2015, promoting the global warming crisis crisis and advocating the solution, right? I mean, politicians simply had not been able to take this world government scheme across the finish line over the last two decades. So they needed a, a they got their religious figure on board, which is what the Council uh, for Inclusive Capitalism did. Well, then that brings us to the final one, a world political authority. Here it is, world government. He says, Given this situation, this crisis that I've laid out for you, it is essential to devise stronger and more efficient organized international institutions with functionaries who are appointed fairly by agreement among national agreements and empowered to impose sanctions. He said, as Benedict XVI has affirmed continually with the social teachings of the church, to manage the global economy, to revive economies hit by the crisis, to avoid any deterioration of the present crisis and the greater imbalances that would result, to bring about integral and timely disarmament. Think about that. Food security and peace, to guarantee the protection of the environment and to regulate mitigation. He says for all of this, listen very closely. He said there is an urgent need. Now we're talking about a climate crisis, right? Supposed. 
And he says, he throws in disarmament in there. He says, to regulate mitigation for all of this, there is an urgent need of a true world political authority. This is at the, near the end of the encyclical. A true world political authority, a world government, as my predecessor, John 23rd, indicated some years ago. So there you have it, folks. In plain English, you can go read the encyclical for yourself. The objective of the entire encyclical is a world political authority, a world government. The crisis is irrelevant because it's propaganda. Whether it's a global cooling, which is what it was decades before it was global warming, whether it's an economic collapse, immigration, the threat of a nuclear war, food shortages, and plagues, pandemics, real or imagined, it doesn't matter. As long as it produces fear, the global elite will use it to promote a one world government. That's the goal of the Laudato Si encyclical. A prof- and it's the prophesied one world government. So what happened? That was six years ago. The sixth anniversary is just ahead of us in June of this year. And yesterday, Pope Francis signed a seven-year Laudato Si action platform to see that this is implemented. What's the goal? World government. What did John prophesy back in Revelation chapter 13? He prophesied there will be a world government in the end time. It would be lorded over by the Antichrist. There would be a religious leader that would come up along and be in alliance with him. And he would use his influence to get those religions of the world to support and advocate for a world governing body. Folks, we're watching this happening as we speak. We're not looking for the end time to begin way off down the road. We're in the end time right now. Go look at the encyclical for yourself. It's Laudato Si, the care of our common home. Check it out. It's a call for world government, the true agenda of the encyclical that's still being pushed today. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.